<laughs> it was my fault we started this late because I, I was just playing Call of Duty, but it was a good game. It was a good game. <laughs> Dude, I can't. I can't blame you. I'm, I'm playing poker right now. Okay. No. Online or your virtual online? Yeah, on, online. Um, like one of my one of my friends, they they found like this app where you can essentially host a, a home game. Um, online, so like we, they play like they they some degenerates. They play like four or five nights a week. I might give them like twice a month. <laughs> but just something to do to pass the time. I feel you. I feel you. What's up? What's up? Welcome to Real Husbands of Riverview. Got the fellas on the phone with me: Vince Riggs, Andre Campbell, and. Aubrey Greer, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we got some big things coming. Aubrey, uh, um, do your freestyle you used to do in college. Aubrey Greer, rookie of the year. Hey, hey, boogie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I had a, a brief, brief music career. Um, my roommate at the time was a music tech major. So we made one of our walk-in closets like a little mini studio. There may have been a demo <laughs> passed around <laughs> with six tracks. Y'all, y'all shot a video? We shot a video oh. that may or may not be that may or may not be on YouTube. <laughs> and I may or may not have had a MySpace page with six songs on it. <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Oh, because like we we laugh we laugh now, but like if one of them jokes would have taken off, there you would have been, bro. <laughs> the crazy thing is, like when you're nineteen, twenty, twenty one, you legit take your rhymes. Like I had a book of rhymes, Vince. <laughs> I used to write and in private like i used to hate people standing over my shoulder like it was a serious process you know hearing that all i can think uh, is cooler cooler high talking about told y'all y'all can go with my notebook <laughs> straight up straight up like it's it's crazy how because we're we're all like we're all 34 i think and so to see myself at 21 and to be 34 now it's just like the growth the maturity and it's just crazy because i couldn't pitch myself right now trying to really bust a flow and try to rhyme nope but i took that shit way too serious in college I have been some of everything that you mentioned to Dre. I tried to rap. I used to try to sing. I tried to draw. I've had a many, many, many endeavors and pursuits. You're a jack of all trades. (laughs) A master of none. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But what's going on with y'all? Oh, you know, um, 
like I said, just just maintain and still still living this COVID life more than more than the rest of the world. Um, but it's it's led to some some good things. Um, you know, I didn't want to know if you want to start off with this because I don't know how long it'll go. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, drop drop your shit, Vince. All right, all right. Well, you know, I know in the past episode, you know, the 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 business that we were looking to looking to start i was talking about doing a liquor business and the mm-hmm. the missus kind of put the put the halt on that you know there's a lot of startup capital and necessary and then she just didn't want me drinking all the time like that she <laughs> just gave it to me <laughs> right you know there's plenty of people willing to do taste tests the shallow would have been like what the fuck are these potatoes doing in the house <laughs> Just, just mash them, babe. Just mash, right? You know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we put the put the brakes on that. But um, for uh, for Black Friday, I ended up getting an iPad, and um, mm-hmm. just as you know, something to do, kind of get me back into the world of art. Um, I found this this cool program uh, where you can essentially use your iPad as your sketchbook. And so, um, so I started messing around, messing around with that, and then um, sent some of the pictures to you guys, and was getting positive reviews on them. And um, and then Shelly threw out the idea, you know, why don't you try making like a T-shirt business? Mm-hmm. And so here we are. What is that? That's fit. That's fifty percent of your profits, right there. Right. Right. <laughs> she gonna be like, this was my fucking idea. <laughs> well, you know, it was mine. Mine is yours. Yours is mine. <laughs> so um, here we are. What is it? November, December. Four months later, we are we are now launched with MDFL Designs. Okay. Cu- custom T-shirts, and um, you know, check us out: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Still getting used to Twitter. Um, oh, you you on Twitter now? Yeah, I got I got to get better with it. You know, you got I'm on new. when uh, uh, when the homeboy got off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, space opened up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> took a <his> spot. <laughs> That's what's up, Vince, man. Yeah, congratulations! Hey, I love, thank you, thank I love you. that you took a hobby and passion of yours and created a business. Because if you do any research about starting a business, that's what they say you should do. Like, make something that you currently do and make it profitable. So I definitely wish you all the best success, man. I think that your ideas are dope. And I love how you incorporated both of the places you've spent a good majority of your time. Right. Maryland and Tampa. So that opens your range you know to so many different ideas and i can see this expanded from just t-shirts to special designs on clothes shoes hats like you do so much um with, with your with your ideas so man best of luck to you thank you thank you i appreciate you boys and then you know being a soundboard for when i come up with new designs and things like that so i definitely appreciate you guys and you know, to the listeners, please go out there, share, follow, and, and just check us out. You know, 
What's the name of it again? MDFL Designs. And you are located where? We are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Boom, boom, boom. MDFL Designs, people. Go check my boy out. But I, I really... I really think the pandemic was a blessing in disguise for a lot of people. I know everyone had plans to do all this traveling and spend all this money, but I think it allowed people to take a step back and dig deeper. And you have to go into defense mode. Like, what am I gonna do if this happens again? Or what am I gonna do in case the worst happens? And to have a plan B or or several options or multiple streams of income coming in. It's just smart. And to stay competitive or to stay afloat, I think you just have to do it. So kudos to you, man. I, I, again, I wish you all the best. Definitely, definitely. You know, it's a, and it, it, it's one of those things where it kind of, it kind of, you, you get, you get the positive feedback, like, like everybody's been liking it you know we're we're up to 12 sales right now and we just launched on on thursday um and so but then you'd be like man this isn't really jumping like i thought it was jumping so like Mm -hmm. is it the price is it the, the the process are they not feeling the designs and so like if you if you do check me out, definitely reach out to me. Give me your feedback because I, I definitely want to make your strive to make improvements. So, what? no, honestly, oh, go ahead, Dre. What's up? Go ahead. You about to say something? Oh, I was gonna say, um, do you only do pre-design designs, or if someone comes to you and says, "Hey, we're having my mom's fiftieth birthday party. We want to." two shirts that say you know mother and three shirts that say grandfather and whatever like something that they personalize or would it only be what you already have no so i i do i do do custom designs um like so you know family reunions any anything bar mitzvahs bridal parties whatever whatever's going on like i'm definitely available to do custom designs like one of my um uh, one of my one of my people I went to college with just hit me up last night asking me to do a logo for his company. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 down to draw anything. Like since the pandemic, like I'm I'm in the house. So if I'm not working the nine to five and you know not doing anything with the misses, like odds are I'm I'm drawing something. So um, definitely hit me up with your custom requests. And if it doesn't end up being a, a shirt, like we're i want to expand into like onesies and things like that for the kids there, there's all sorts of possibilities we can do but yeah definitely custom custom things is available a wise man once said wu-tang is for the kids as well <laughs> um <laughs> but i think that's where your, your bread is going to be buttered is doing the custom designs because now everything is personalized and like people are going to throw birthday parties and they're going to have to do their own thing now because, you know, Disney World isn't open. So we're going to bring Disney World to the house. Like, that's what we did for Kamora's birthday in 2020. Like, all right, she got Minnie Mouse shirts and um, uh, Minnie Mouse has the little Toodles thing. So the shirt says, I'm Toodles. Uh, But it was custom made. And I think that that is going to be huge now where everyone's doing more personal things. Like, we're going on a cruise, family reunion. So I think... 
once you get more of those to put on you know instagram and things like that people will see oh man he did a captain america's themed shirt for a baby or he did you know this that's probably where a lot of it's going to come from where people realize anything i want can end up on this shirt or on this um on this platform right right and and while you just start now like even if it doesn't get the instant success that you may were expecting like you said you just launched on thursday you made 12 sales like you're learning like that's the biggest part of starting a business is learning things because experience is the best teacher so take it all in with stride because i tried to do the candle thing and i thought that i had reinvented the wheel of personally delivering candles in my community in my neighborhood but it just didn't quite catch on the way i thought so now I'm back to the drawing board trying to figure out how I can strategically move candles and, you know, get success. So it's all about reinventing your strategy, looking at it from every perspective, and you're definitely going to find your groove, man. But getting it out there, making sales, like you got 12 clients, they know a person that's 24, and that 24 can jump to 50 real quick. And like Dre said, man, with the holidays coming on and custom designs, you will be surprised where you are six months from now. Right, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and 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 trying trying to take everything I can. And like I said, it, it is a process, and let's got to be patient with it. But yeah, I, but like you said, it's it's something that I enjoy doing. Like, because like right now, I'm only allowed to post ten designs um, mm-hmm. until until I get my numbers up. And but like I've got like forty designs on deck, okay, in the so, chamber, right. But but yeah, that's that's what's really been going on with me. What about you boys? I mean, I just been working and you know excited that the Bucks won the Super Bowl and Woo. that experience was just incredible from start to finish and to be honest with you it was it caught us it caught me by surprise because 12 weeks into the season we were seven and five (laughs) (laughs) and we were on the outside looking in pretty much we we weren't going to win the division we weren't in the top five like we were the sixth seed going into the playoffs so we were already facing three potential road games for a chance to be the first team to ever host and play in their own Super Bowl but you know this offseason we made a lot of changes um, with the uniform we brought in Tom Brady brought in AB brought in Leonard Fournette Shady McCoy Rob Gronkowski we drafted Tristan Wirfs and you know there was a lot of like personalities and star power and a bunch of guys that people have just given up on so to overcome no off season no OTAs virtually trying to get to know people a veteran quarterback and to win the Super Bowl after being there for so long it's it's the pinnacle of what you want if you work in pro sports and it was just incredible and it's man. the biggest of all the yes. pro sports championships like it is right. 
and it's it's hard to say that you're just so excited and you just can't believe it but it's also emotional because football isn't one of those sports where you can be like oh, i don't really care like you care you care about first downs possessions catches calls penalties and mm-hmm. again like i've been there since 2013 so this i'm going into my ninth season and i've sat through two and 14 four and 12 <laughs> five and 11 30 <laughs> interceptions and to have to sell that and to convince the market that you know this is you know the best entertainment value for their discretionary income year after year after year like it definitely it definitely felt good it was like a release of like finally because again I never thought being in the position that we were in that we were going to be Super Bowl champions and to say that and to celebrate the way we were able to in the pandemic especially starting the year off the way we did there was so much uncertainty I didn't know if we were going to have a job like it was just crazy mm-hmm. so yeah and it's one of the crazy things is like even if they lost the Super Bowl the leverage you would have of the opportunity like when you're following up next season for you know for season ticket holders like we were this close or look yeah. at the momentum that we built on so even if you lost right. it would have been huge but you won it by a landslide convincingly to a point where it's like why not do it again? Like the anticipation of Running seeing back. it happen again now and maybe being a better team or more well-oiled machine next year because, you know, people be more familiar. And, and just like Brady said, they weren't even playing to their, that wasn't even their best football. The first three playoff games wasn't even their best football. Like, right. and that's scary because I wasn't a Brady, I, I wasn't sold on Tom Brady. And yeah, you 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 can. It's easy to talk his resume and his history, what he's done, but there's never been a 43-year-old quarterback to play this well this late in the season. Like I thought, in the middle of the season, his arm was done. He was floating up passes. I was afraid of him taking hits. He's definitely not mobile, and you just never know. But his intensity and the way he's able to get the team to focus on the next play was just. It was incredible to watch. Like, you hear all the stuff about his leadership and how he's fiery, but like, he instantly commands the huddle. I have confidence in his decision making, and he backed it up. <laughs> like, like he he backed it up. So I have nothing but respect for Tom Brady, and I was super super impressed with how he was able to bringing guys that people just didn't want, like A.B. I thought that was going to be a distraction. I thought that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Scott and Miller, I thought that was going to throw off their rhythm and timing. And he just, he knew what he was doing. So he definitely has a future after playing. He could be a GM or probably a coach. Like he, he definitely has a future in football after his playing days are over, whenever that is. It's funny because the last episode we did, I don't think we really touched on playoffs that much, if we did at all. But we didn't go into the playoffs thinking no. this at all. No. Now we started the season. <laughs> we had we started the season <laughs> talking about 
oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. And then every week we would get another player. I'm saying we like I'm a I'm born and raised in Tampa. But like every week there'd be another player, like oh, Dominican Sue, Shady McCoy, Leonard Fournette. Like every I'm like, and then out of nowhere, A B. And then I feel like the week after that it was LaShawn McCoy. I was like, yo, these dudes are freaking gonna win the Super Bowl. And lo and behold, since they won the Super Bowl. Crazy. And it's just been a spectacular year for Tampa sports in general. The Rays representing the World Series, the Lightning won the NHL championship, the Tampa Rowdies, I think, won their championship, and then the Bucks won the Super Bowl. And we did all this in the pandemic, adjusting to this new life. So it's just been a spectacular year in sports, especially here in Tampa. And Another crazy thing about that is, of all those Tampa teams, the team that's a playoff, uh, a, a perennial playoff team or championship caliber team was the Rays. Like, the Rays have been on the cusp of being a good team or mm-hmm. a World Series team for maybe the past five years. Uh, all the other teams were on the outside looking in, like the Lightning. No, Lightning had the... the two seasons ago, they had the, um, the greatest uh, regular season yeah. of all time. But then they lost in the first round. Yep. But like of all the right. teams to not win the championship, you would have expected the Rays to win it and maybe, you know, get second place with the other teams. But them being the one that didn't win it is, is kind of ironic. Indeed, indeed. And I'm not sure how closely you guys follow baseball, but when they were playing the uh, who were they playing? LA? They were the playing the Dodgers and they had a chance to actually win a game but they pulled their starting pitcher while he was like on a high streak he was pretty much throwing a no hitter and they pulled him and after they pulled him the next pitcher came in and gave up a run and that just opened it up and yeah and that was the game just that the game decided granted I, I believe they were down in the series they were down yeah they were down in the series but I think it, that would have forced Game Seven. I forgot how, much, how many games that that oh, series yeah. went. But he got pulled because apparently he had COVID. But this was so early in this whole COVID thing that uh, he played half the game. The test results I feel like were in, and then the manager just it wasn't isn't it? Um, who is the manager? It's the guy with the glasses, right? I can't think of the his Cubs name. Manager, but they Joe Madden. Is it but, Valentine? No, no but Madden. No, Joe. Yeah, Joe Madden. No, he's Joe gone. Yeah. He used to be there. He um, he left, but the guy they have now is like Mister Analytic Baseball. Like he's strictly by the numbers. Like he doesn't care what's actually happening and see with his own eyes. <laughs> he will pull you if he need if he's if the numbers say pull him after so many throws. He's going to pull Kevin you. Cash. Yes, his name is Kevin, Kevin Cash. Cash. Yep. But yeah, like. It's just been an incredible run, and I wanted to talk to you, Vince, about this because you are a Bucks fan, and right, you know, for you to see your team win two Super Bowls, like in your lifetime, which is rare, like how how does this one compare to the O2 championship? I mean, this one being actually in Tampa for this one. Because I was I was still in Maryland for the first mm-hmm. one, um, so being actually in Tampa, this one, like it means a lot more. Having worked for the Bucks and like knowing you and you know some other former friends and colleagues that are still there, like you get to share share that excitement in it. 
and just kind of the the way the way that this one came to be because the the one in the one in the early 2000s like that one like we was always just running into philadelphia and just couldn't get past philadelphia mm-hmm. it's like the detroit like, pistons <laughs> right bulls right and so this one like you you kind of say that the team comes out of nowhere but like we we've had talent for the past couple years we just haven't been able to put it together all all the time mm-hmm. And so to finally see this this squad, you know, the guys that have been there, the Mike Evans, Levante David, the, the guys that have been the, the core nucleus, you, you're you're happy for them and see them get theirs. Um, but like just the the road that we had to go through, like like you said, going in as six as a six seed, like, you know, granted we have to go to Washington even though they was whatever seven and nine, mm-hmm. whatever they were. You know, like, and so like I really, and one of my boys he got on me because he's like, why don't you celebrate regular season wins? And I was like, you know, because when you when you have talent like we did, and then you go out and get Brady, like, not not to be like bragful or or, or cocky, yeah, but like the playoffs are expected, yep. like, like so we'd we'd win a game in the regular season, and I'm like. Man, I, I wish our defense was playing better today. Like, like I still saw room for improvement because I knew that we were going to need it come, come this time of the year. And so, it wasn't until it wasn't until we beat the Saints in the in the second mm-hmm. round where I was like really like hype because the Saints they they beat us twice in the regular season, and like I said, like to to go and beat a seven and nine Washington team that was kind of expected. So everything after that was when it felt like gravy and so you get the saints then you go and get the you go and get the packers which you know we played them well in the regular season so i felt good going into that game and you know we played we played the the chiefs well in the regular season too like that was a three-point mm-hmm. game and we didn't play well in that game so like it all it all went together so well um, you know, like I said, happy, happy for you, Aubrey, the, the, my other friends that are still there. Like, but as, as a fan, like this one, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely special for sure. Hell yeah, man. Like I grew up a fan of another team, but as I mentioned, I'm going into my ninth season with the Bucks and my wife, her whole family is from Tampa and her father passed away earlier in 2020 and like he was like almost in every home game because he would always go with her and to be around them for the past six seven years and because when you work for the bucks and you go over their house that's the topic of conversation like i'm the gm (laughs) and like to see her enjoy the super bowl and the season that we had and to be there up close and personal. Again, it's, it's a dream come, like I've dreamed about winning the Super Bowl since I was a kid playing flag football. And oh, yeah. to actually say you part of an organization that won the Super Bowl was just, it's like a bucket list type moment. And again, it took me to really believe that we can do it to beat the Packers in Lambeau because after that Washington game, like you said, the Saints had our number and we were still clicking and gelling. 
but the way our defense responded, like I, I really love the future of this team, and I love the draft picks. I love Antoine Winfield. Like he's the type of player that I want my son to model. <laughs> like he's five nine, plays safety. He is so impactful and he anticipates well the fumble he caused in the Saints game changed the game and nice. then he had interception in the Super Bowl and he's just so instinctive and intelligent on the field and I love Todd Bowles like if I have another son I'm gonna name him Todd <laughs> Todd Bowles <Damn>. like, <laughs> the defensive schemes that he created from the Saints game all the way to the Super Bowl was just immaculate. The way Levante David was to cover Travis Kelsey. Like, Travis Kelsey legit was getting MVP nods for how dominant he's been as a tight end. And Levante David shut Mm -hmm. that down. And the secondary, we have cornerbacks that are all 24 years old and under. We had Sean Murphy Bunce. Like, our secondary was the worst-rated secondary in 2019. They were young. They were inexperienced. And we have a rookie starting at safety. Our other safety, I think, is like 23, Jordan Whitehead. Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis are the starters at a cornerback. And Sean Murphy Bunting had an interception in all three road playoff games. First time since Ed Reed. Like, the way these guys stepped up and answered the bell, I was just completely impressed and so happy for him. And it's just, it was just incredible to watch from start to finish and just wow. And not to be jumping ahead, but if we're able to keep Shaq Barrett and a few other of our players, the way Tom Brady is focused on winning, like that's all he cares about. Like, I, I I can see us representing the NFC again um, if if we're if we're healthy. Right, and I you, you can't you can't take everything these players because every player does say it at, after the every season. But I did hear an interview with Shaq saying that he he definitely wants to be mm-hmm. back in Tampa, like he wants to run it back. But he also deserves yeah. every dime he gets. Like he was for sure. Although although. I will say, and I called him out about it earlier in the season. I, I felt like Buddy came back with a, with a few extra pounds earlier in the year. I agree. I agree. He definitely looked like he was in the best of shape, and who knows what that contributed to. But it was an interview today, actually, um, saying how with having Tom Brady as your quarterback and how he's so obsessed with the TB12 workouts and his diet. If you come back from a Super Bowl run out of shape and not ready to play, he's going to chew your ass up. So knowing that your quarterback is the oldest one on the team, but he's in the best shape, that means that you got to step your game up. So hopefully, you know, he understands that if he's back. And him and JPP, I mean, I was just – I'm happy for JPP because he was also a throwaway. Yeah. You know, after his freak accident – the Giants kind of let him go. And if you look at his production, he's been, if not as productive or just as good as J.J. Watt 
over the last nine, ten years, and he has two Super Bowl rings, and J.J. Watt has zero. So I'm just happy for JPP, right. and he's homegrown here in Tampa. Went to USF. So yeah, man, I was um when I first moved to Florida. It's gonna sound like I was a bandwagon, but <laughs> I I. And the year that I moved to Florida, I think that was the year they won the Super Bowl, 2002. Um, I was a Giants fan, but I, I did, in New York, I liked Keyshawn Johnson. Like, that 96 <laughs> class of, like, Keyshawn Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, like, the young guns that were going to change sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he came okay. to um, Tampa Bay, like, of all the Florida teams, that was the one team that I clicked with. And then we were in kind of central Florida. Um, so that would have been the closest um, team. Um, so I was a fan of them and I, I watched them go through the whole damn they just can't get past uh, Philly thing and um, <clears throat> and I remember watching the game where they finally did beat Philly I think there was there was so many things about that game like they had they can't win a playoff game in such such and such yep. weather they at that point they right. had they had never had a kickoff return for a touchdown or a punt for a touchdown or something like that um, they hadn't beat Philly they were like everything was against them I remember the, the Rondé Barber pick, and I remember the Joe Jerovicious, like, 70-yard scamper that, like, put the game away. Um, yeah. So I remember that, and then I remember thinking, man, it's, it's, it's one of those really good defenses versus really good offenses in the Super Bowl. And typically, the defense prevails, but I was like, Rich Gannon won MVP. They got Joey Porter. They got Jerry Rice. Um, they had Gardner at running back. I'm like, this team is stacked. Um but they they ran away with that Super Bowl. Sometimes it's like that. There's just like the like that the '99 Super Bowl or 2000 Super Bowl with Giants versus um, Ravens, where the just defense just like runs over the good offense. Um, but I, I was happy mm-hmm. when they won that one. And then of course being in Tampa, I I have always ran into a coach, a head coach of the Bucks, and I feel like I, that jinxes the Bucks. Anytime I run into you, the head coach. Something bad happens. So I told y'all the story about uh, um, uh, the one that used to go to my barbershop, Raheem Morris, <laughs> who goes to my barbershop, and then he got let go. Um, uh, Greg Schiano. I saw him on the on Dale Mabry at the ABC Liquor. <laughs> oh, no, Total Wines. Total Wines. He had a cart full of alcohol. Uh, and he was looking at me like, oh, young black guy. He probably watches football. He's probably going to recognize me. Like, he kind of st- stood there and stared at me like... And it didn't click in my mind until after the fact. I'm like, I recognize that guy. Is he, like, on ESPN or something? I'm like, oh, that was Greg Schiano, the head coach. And I think he got fired, like, within that week. Um, so, Why he was drinking? I, I, I've seen. Oh, I saw um, Tony Dungy at Five Guys. I mean, he was, of course, retired years ago. But I saw Tony Dungy at Five Guys. So there's always something. And uh, so I guess me not running into Bruce Arians was a good thing <laughs> because that means we're gonna win the Super Bowl. And I don't know how much you guys follow Bruce Arians and the things he talks about, but he. He's kind of from the DMV. He went to Virginia Tech, played quarterback. He is the number one rushing quarterback in Virginia Tech's history, if you can believe that. He also broke the color barrier um, at Virginia Tech. He was the first white player to have a black roommate. Fun roommate, fact, yeah. 
his roommate okay. was Rondé and Tiki Barber's father. Rondé Barber's, yeah, yeah. And like, it, it's just crazy what type of person he is. And you, you, you talk about the diversity, the diverse coaching staff he put together, and hiring two full-time women to be coaches, having four black NFL coaches in leadership positions and how it's it's all about family to him like the guys he has around him they've been working together since his assistant coaching days at Temple like he coached Ty Bowles in college brought Ty Bowles with him to the Cardinals brought Ty Bowles with him to Tampa and like guys he's known for almost 30 plus years so it's a legit family and you feel it his initial press conference he said if your kid has a birthday party or a significant event at school and you're at work, I'll fire your ass. Like he he's all about family and and you feel it. So in addition to like, yes, I'm happy to be a part of this, I'm happy to just witness it because these are things I can share with my kids and generations to come after me. Like it's not all about just working just to get a check it's about the environment you create for others to be and to create opportunities for other people and to see the head coach be open and blunt about his passion and the impact he wants to have on other people it it was just completely incredible man so i have nothing but respect for bruce arians the bucks the whole organization the glazers like it was the past two and a half weeks have been the best two and a half weeks of my entire life because being so <laughs> addicted to sports and having football play this huge role in my life to be a part of this it's just it was incredible awesome man well i'm 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 so happy for you bro that that you are still there and got to be a part of it and you know, I, I definitely hope that next year we get to run it back yes. with, with a oh full stadium. Like, the I, city deserves to see this team play. And, cause, and, and that's why I love you guys, because you guys come to the games, it be like 93 degrees, <laughs> three-hour football <laughs> game in the middle of the fall, hot bacon. And we were losing these games. It'll be raining. And, like, you guys drive from Riverview to come support and check your boy out. So I appreciate it. And I definitely hope that we're able to get back to normal and you guys can fully enjoy the winning Super Bowl-talented Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've actually never came to a game where the Bucks won. <laughs> Every game I came to, they lost. Remember one year? One year, y'all got me. Um, y'all got me tickets for my birthday. I don't know if it was my 29th or my 31st birthday, and Delora had surprised me, and they played the um, played. Uh, the Saints, mm-hmm. and also every game I've been to has always been uh, division games. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I was at the Graham Gano game, the game where um, <laughs> Graham Gano pushed the Bethune Cookman um, band uh, player. Band play. I was at that game. Yep. Um, <laughs> I was, yeah. Uh, it's uh, years ago. This was when me and uh, I was living in Clearwater, so I think you had just gotten there. 
I went to a um, a preseason game against the Patriots, and I, I think I still have a picture on Instagram of like Tom Brady running out and stuff. So of course we didn't win that game either. <laughs> and I was like, I literally have never witnessed them win a game. Man, man, it's been some rough seasons. We were zero and eight at home one season. Um, that was a two and fourteen year. Both of the games we won were on the road. Um, and that was the year before we drafted. Winston. Yep, that was the year before yeah. we drafted Jameis, Lovey Smith. Like I've been through four or five coaches. I was there for Shiano, Dirk, Lovey. Um, Dirk, I forgot about Dirk. Yep. So yeah, four coaches going into my ninth season. Uh, the quarterback I started with was Josh Freeman. Then we had Josh nice. McCown. Then we had Matt, Mike Glennon. Then we drafted Jameis. And then from Jameis, we went Tom Brady. So it, it's been it's been a lot, man. It's It's been some ups and downs for sure. Josh Freeman <laughs> on uh, on South Howard uh, at, uh, at the Lodge. Doug, Doug Martin. Like, it's, it's been... It's been crazy, but again, those past two weeks made it all worth it, man. So it's just been incredible. Oh, remember uh, um, Brent Grimes and Miko Grimes? Uh, Imagine if they were involved (laughs) with this Super Bowl. Right, Brent Grimes, (laughs) Darrell Revis, Deshaun Golson. We've didn't we have um, Browner too? That could be no. We didn't bring in Browner. Okay. But yeah, man, we if it was a top free agent, that's that's one thing I can say about the Bucks. If it was a top free agent and the Bucks was interested, nine times out of ten, the Bucks would get him. And I I just did not believe the rumors when they started about Tom Brady. I never would have thought that he would come to Tampa. And Bruce, Mike, and Jason Light flew to flew to Foxborough. They met with him and they sealed the deal, and lo and behold, they're the greatest salesman of all time. <laughs> but but I I feel like I said this on our very <laughs> first episode, or one of those episodes, Tom Brady knew what he was doing. He wasn't coming here to come to the team that was here last year. And as you can see, it's I wouldn't say it's a 365, but it's a huge facelift of what uh, the roster was last year. So uh, similar to the whole LeBron going to LA thing, he wasn't coming to LA to play with Josh Hart and <laughs> and and uh, and, so? and Lonzo Ball <laughs> and all those other guys. He came to LA. I, I still believe that he was. They were supposed to get AD the year before. Remember at the trade deadline, it, you know the Pelicans didn't want to do it, and then eventually they get him. But I think that it was always a plan. Like he knew Gronk was coming. Of course, he didn't know nothing about the AB. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he did know about AB because AB been out of football for two years. Yeah, I feel. I feel like Gronk, Gronk yeah. and AB were yeah. in, right in his now. Back he, now the whole Leonard Fournette thing, he had nothing to do with. No. But like he knew certain things, certain moves were going to be made to uh, before he got there. He wasn't just going to come there just the, to retire. The kicker is in Florida. The kicker is Jason Light was, I think, his first GM. So Jason Light was in New England when mm. Tom first went when Tom first got drafted. So that was the relationship there. And then like you said, he knew that if he would come to Tampa, he could probably swindle Gronk. He could probably get A B. And then Jacksonville just let 
Leonard Fournette go for a pack of cigarettes and some now later. It's like they just <laughs> they just let playoff Lenny just walk out the door for nothing. And from there, we just we already had Indomitian Sue, JPP, and that just elevated the level of play for everyone else. And we we have this entire podcast we have not mentioned um, White Devin White. Oh my god! As if he's probably not the best football player on the planet. Devin White today is his birthday. (laughs) He just turned twenty three. Game changer. He just turned twenty three. He's been in the league for two years. He just turned 23. Like, the the interception he had for that Saints game changed everything. Like, he it's like he knew where the ball was going. Like, Kamara didn't even turn around to look for the ball. And he just grabbed the ball out of the air and just... He's just a force of nature. Like... And that's what I was excited about this defense. Like the young guys, I mentioned the secondary, but you have Devin White. He's one day going to take over for Levante. You have the secondary. You have Vita Vea. He came out of nowhere off of IR. I was like, I'm back. <laughs> and because, so <laughs> take it a step further. So I think it was 2018. We drafted Vita over Duran James. And Duran James went to Florida State. He was a safety. He was defensive rookie of the year. We were getting killed <laughs> for drafting Vita over Darren. Cause Darren was there and we didn't draft him. And then the following year, we drafted Sean Murphy Bunting instead of drafting Greedy Williams, the cornerback from LSU. And we got killed for not getting greedy. And now you look back and it's like Vita Vea, Sean Murphy Bunting probably had the third or fourth biggest impact on the whole team. Like Vita Vea, him being such a large guy, you have to double team him. That opens it up for Shaq and JPP. We got six sacks on Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, the game that Vita Vea came back and played in. Like everything just finally happened and matched up for a reason and Vita I think is still under 25. Devin White just turned 23. Sean Murphy Bunting I think is 23. Carlton Davis I think is 24. Antoine Winfield is a rookie. That's six players on the defense that's not even 25 yet and they're all pretty much still in their rookie contract so it's it's definitely incredible. Todd Bowles has a lot of toys to play with and I'm just I just can't believe it. So we gotta oh, we gotta take advantage of this window. I, I think this is the formula for the Bucks, man. I think even after Tom Brady goes, you can get you another veteran quarterback that is smart with the football, have a young physical defense, and solid run game, and you can keep this going for the next six to ten years. Like I'm not saying we're gonna win the Super Bowl every year, but this formula is definitely proven because if you draft a quarterback early and he doesn't pan out you can almost waste five years of your talented roster. And it's definitely something to look back on, for sure. Right, and see, like, that that was my whole thing with why why I liked, I liked the move getting Brady 
for the immediate future. I don't like what it does for the franchise long term because Brady's going to be good enough to keep us in the playoffs so we won't be in a position to mm-hmm. draft the top quarterback each year. Well, who said you want him, the so top it does quarterback, put you in a position. Well, you don't you don't want him, but like like are you are you going to be able to go out and buy another elite guy? Like how many how many times elite. do the elite quarterbacks, yep. you know, become free agents? You know, it's going to be so. We it'll, definitely it'll be recalibrated the market with this move because now they're saying it's possible that eighteen quarterbacks can be changing teams in free agency this year. That's just unheard of. Like. You already saw Matt Stafford leave Detroit after 12 seasons to go to L.A. And L.A. was a playoff team with um, Jared Goff. Goff. Jared Goff, my bad. And he went to the Super Bowl. And he was still... (laughs) Well, no, he was on his contract still. He he was nine points away from being a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, like, like how soon is too soon to give up on a guy... And they gave up, what, two first-round picks to bring in Stafford? And to me, I don't know if he's worth the risk because I think Stafford is injury-prone. Yeah. But, I mean, I would have took Stafford two, year, two years ago or so. I don't know what type of Stafford you're going to get now. You're going to get a broken-down Brett that's, Favre. That's what I'm thinking. But, I mean, to win the <laughs> Super Bowl, to win the big game, I guess, it's worth the risk. So, hopefully they can protect them. But I don't even know who – I mean, it's – it's gonna be interesting, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I also want to transition from sports a little bit to talk about Valentine's Day, and also we're all coming up on five years of marriage. Crazy, crazy, crazy! How significant is the five-year mark in marriage is it a milestone year do you go all out are you already making plans vince you're up first with your anniversary coming up in march then dre yours is in july July. and then mine will be in january of 2022 so five years fellas any ideas or is there a go-to destination or like what's the game plan <laughs> wherever's covid friendly <laughs> uh, i mean so you have to take a trip is that what you're saying Dre? you have to go somewhere for five years or like how, how big how much do you splur like how long does it how long does it go into planning for the five-year anniversary Wherever the Lord leads me, that's where I'll go. <laughs> I, I can't say much because you know, like, I, it's, there's always still an element of surprise. Indeed. So I, gotta, I can't really right. go that far. We haven't even really had a conversation about it. It always comes because it's smack dab in the middle mm-hmm. of the year. So like, like as soon as a year starts, a calendar year starts, it's like, oh, it's about to be our anniversary <laughs> again. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Can we just do this? <laughs> like after our anniversary, it kind of snowballs all the events for the year. Like after, so our anniversary is in July. 
Uh, and then my work, my my wife works for the school system, so August starts school. September is her sister and her mother's birthday. Um, October is my brother's sister's birthday. November is her birthday. January is my birthday and Jesus's birthday. December. So, <laughs> yeah, December. <laughs> so the so like it snowballs all that, and then next thing you know, all right, it's January. Let's start the year over, and then it's like, well, we're only a few months away from another anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah we haven't had a conversation about it i think we started the year maybe on like talking about it briefly but we haven't followed up uh yet and it really just depends on where things mm-hmm. are this year like just like you know i would imagine february february 17th of last year we didn't know no you know <laughs> the extent of what we what would we be doing for our no. anniversary but it seems like you know things are gonna be i don't know what normal is but seeing things will probably be more and more open like it doesn't seem like the whole theory of you know homeboy's gonna get in office and there's gonna be another hardcore shutdown it doesn't seem like that it just it seems like everything slowly is slowly just making its way back to whatever like people just walk around with no mask nobody says anything to them so i don't know all the things that i thought people wouldn't do like sometimes i look at an instagram post and i can't tell that it's in 2021 because no one has a mask on like i'm like this must have been in 1994 right because nobody's wearing a mask like there's no way this picture or this video or this party was in 2020 uh so i say that to say depends on where things are if it's going to be a travel thing, I doubt it'll be traveling out of the United States um, because we haven't been planning for you know, out of the United States and it's almost March. Um, but, you know, maybe like L.A. or right. Philadelphia or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's up, man. I just I just threw out Philadelphia randomly. It probably wouldn't be Philadelphia. <laughs> like maybe more. No, honestly, honestly just L- yo, L.A. sounds Philly like is dope in the summertime, especially if you guys like go because that's the fourth of july like they do it big for the fourth of july in philly i don't know what they'll have as far as outdoor events but that's normally when they do the um taste not the taste of philadelphia but like the american festival or something up there so it, it wouldn't be a bad spot to go to especially if the two of you've never been yeah i could go check out my Your young, young bull my, my young bull <laughs> yeah <laughs> Get some of all the Philly out there. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Philly. <laughs> what about you, Vince? Your anniversary is right. You're like what a month and some change away. <laughs> who who has more right, pressure, right. the wife or the husband, so, for year five? Like, how do you hide gifts and keep secrets, and she don't check your planner and your schedule and? Um, I mean, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty good about that. Like I'm, I'm big Mm -hmm. on, on surprises if I'm going to do something. And so like, and I've, I've already told, Mm -hmm. told y'all like what I got as far as the gift. Um, and then like, like you said, as far as plans, like Mm -hmm. we, we were going to do an anniversary trip last year, Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously COVID knocked that out. Um, and so really like as far as plans to do this year like i'd like to get out and do something but you know with how she feels about the virus mm-hmm. like, we're we're still here in in the house so but her gift her gift is is here um it, it is in the house and like 
I, I told her <laughs> she she could go look for it. She'll she'll never find it. Um, and so, but like her big thing, like because I I did I've given mm-hmm. her hints and like I've I've told her what it cost, and so <laughs> she's like, oh, well, what am I gonna uh-huh. get to match that? And. And so, so that that's been funny, you know, mm-hmm. trying to tell her, you know, different things and stuff like that. Um, but I, I mean, as far as five years, I I think it is one of those milestones, and that's kind mm-hmm. of why why I went as big as I did with it. Um, like I, I do think it means something because, and I'm sure, I'm not sure if it's the right one, but I feel like I've mm-hmm. heard it enough where people say you have that that five year itch. Because he's a five or seven, or you know, maybe it's just whenever people feel like not on their marriage, you know. But um, um, but yeah, I I I feel like five years, like it is a significant milestone when it comes to marriage, and um, so like I I did did go in on it, and like if we don't end up doing anything like out and about and. Cause like yeah. like at this point like being a month and a half out you really can't do mm-hmm. much besides maybe like a little weekend getaway type thing. Um, but like if we don't do anything like that, you know, we'll do something special. Like I'll you know throw together something nice in the kitchen and and make that happen and make make a nice little thing out of it. But definitely look forward to it and 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 it just shows the the growth in in our relationship and you know constantly and enjoying each other day by day like learning new things about each other and like it's 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 awesome like like in and like it not that it doesn't have its ups and downs because marriage mm-hmm. like you do have, have to work out it work at it as well but i i, I enjoy my partner and enjoy working with indeed them. man you, you definitely yeah. hit on a lot of key points there because it's definitely a work in progress and you want to show like the little small things matter you want to show that you pay attention to their likes their dislikes and you want to get them gifts that are impactful and also have significance behind it so five years is definitely a milestone especially with all the stuff you hear about marriages and all the stuff you see and you just you know and you hear about so kudos to all of us um i give you guys credit all the time for helping me get to the point where i felt confident to be someone's husband um because boy <laughs> back in my heathen days <laughs> oh my goodness you talk about stories they gotta go to the grave with me man like I, I was, I had a good time in Tampa. <laughs> At Bible study. So you know, to be in a position where I'm going to celebrate five years of marriage, and it's just been an incredible journey. Because, like you said, you never fully mastered this. That's the greatest challenge of marriage. There's always something to learn. There's always something to improve upon. So you, you definitely want to show that you appreciate their time, energy. And that's what I learned the most about the pandemic is the behind the scenes things that are kind of unspoken that you kind of just assume your partner's supposed to know or pick up on. 
and the unspoken language and the the subtleties of a look or a gesture and body language like it's so much that you have to be in tune with and to do this consistently getting better and make it work when you are spending so much more time together it's just remarkable (laughs) it's just remarkable because there's so many little things that go into getting ready or getting prepared especially with little ones in the house and schedules being like football season I'm unavailable and sometimes Jamila just has to adjust her schedule work schedule life plans appointments like she has to be able to be flexible and she has to call these people in advance to adjust and shift and sometimes I may not be in the best mood after a loss or after a long day and you know you have to just roll with the punches and same thing with her schedule she works a demanding schedule being a dental hygienist being on her feet a lot talking to people being in and out of people's mouths and she has you know crazy schedules as well so sometimes you just got to take it on the chin and bounce back so to celebrate five years of the crazy worlds that we live in you definitely want to go all out so um, you guys are giving me a lot to think about and I'm definitely gotta I gotta bring it <laughs> I gotta bring it but I, I learned something about myself like, I'm a weird <laughs> gift receiver <laughs> if that makes sense um, I, I suck at okay. receiving gifts because I, I really don't know how to like I, I say thank you obviously but I'm just weird at receiving gifts because I'm I really not a materialistic type guy I don't really need the latest brands and fashions or shoes or jewelry. Like, I don't wear jewelry. So, like, when Jamila does give me stuff, I'm, like, super grateful and thankful. But at the same time, it's kind of, like, awkward at the same time. So, I got to work on being better at receiving gifts. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I'm literally the same exact <laughs> way. I don't... Like, I remember our first Valentine's Day, Delora <laughs> got me a um, a Lakers mm-hmm. fitted hat. And long story short, we ended up returning <laughs> it. <laughs> but the thought yeah. was great because no one has... I'd never been with anyone who would be like, he really likes the Lakers. Let me get him a Laker mm-hmm. paraphernalia. She didn't know I'm not a paraphernalia mm-hmm. guy, though. Like, I don't... I, I, I have a Kobe jersey now and I didn't get mm-hmm. it until he retired like his for his last game like I'm, I'm not really a jersey person or a Laker hat person like the only paraphernalia I really own is doing good <laughs> track stuff because mm-hmm. I was on the track team uh, so but I don't have you know, a Giants <laughs> hat I don't have you know Laker stuff but it was once again it was one of those awkward receiving it like I do appreciate it and I, I even appreciate just the concept of you yep. thinking that far but me accepting it is just weird or awkward. Yeah, I definitely gotta gotta get out of that habit of just receiving gifts, which it sounds weird, I know, for the people who will listen to this show. It sounds weird, I know, but I'm very weird about, even when it's my birthday, like, I don't expect gifts from my birthday. Maybe I just had a crazy childhood, but I don't really expect to look, I don't look for people to give me things when they're celebrating me like even when i win stuff i'm like right thank you but i don't know it's just weird right yeah the cel- the celebration is the gift yeah, like, like you're celebrating me you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to give me something to overemphasize that you're celebrating me like you're you're at this party because yeah. you're celebrating me 
Right, right. Like that that's what I appreciate mm-hmm. more than anything is just like coming to coming to spend time with me. Cause like I'm not gonna say that I'm like awkward about receiving gifts, but I will say that like I'm I'm kind of hard to to buy gifts for because like you said, I'm, I'm not very materialistic. Mm-hmm. Like there's not much that I really want for in life. And if I mm-hmm. if I did want it, odds are I probably already bought it myself. Um, and that's that just comes with being an adult. Like you, you have exposed, yep. expendable and income. And for me, like, like you're gonna use I it went through to. the phases so. of like being the shoe guy. Like I was blessed to work at finish line in college, so my discount on shoes allowed me to go through a sneaker fetish. And playing sports pretty much my whole life, I've worn jerseys, and you know I thought that I was going to be this superstar jock and that didn't work out so I, I was able to be a different type of cat throughout my life so now i'm just basketball shorts sports dry fit shirt sneakers and that's like my mode jamila hates it <laughs> to me because i'm like i'm like retired <laughs> PE coach sports job like, that's like my vibe like and she's like girly girl sorority girl <laughs> business smart and she wants to be dressed up and like I, I dress up for work when we were going to the office but since we've been working from home it's just been t-shirt shorts t-shirt shorts and I love it I love it <laughs> right I ain't seen so, nobody um, <laughs> it, it's definitely going to be interesting to you know really do something nice for this five year anniversary and um, I appreciate you guys giving me some pointers. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And congratulations to you both. Um, in today's world and climate, you definitely can't take this stuff for granted, man. Like to be with someone for five years and to do it in a way that keeps you happy and only up and up is definitely a blessing. So congratulations to you both. Respect and love to both of your wives. And, you know, keep it going. Keep it going. You never know who is impacted and inspired by the decisions that you make so you never know who's watching you so keep up the good work fellas thank you thank you and i want to give a shout out to what was it maple biscuits dre we went to on valentine's day we had like a little valentine's pickup brunch um maple street maple street out here in riverview um dre recommended it we went to go pick up some some chicken and waffles on Valentine's Day, and it was a huge hit in the Greer household. So if you are here in the Riverview area, go check them out. And they got some dope food over there, especially when you want to surprise the missus. Yeah, we uh, we got some. It was just... <laughs> I... I don't know. I always feel like when I leave the house, I can't come back <laughs> without something. So me and uh, me and Aubrey went for a jog on Sunday morning, which is Valentine's Day. And then, of course, we're just, you know, shooting the breeze, catching up with each other. And in the back of my mind, I'm saying every minute that I'm gone, <laughs> like I'm, I'm losing I'm losing husband points. Like There's a subconscious 
tally that you have in your head as a husband of like being in, in good standings and I'm like I'm losing husband points I need to get my husband points back so I was like let me come home and it's still morning time my wife is not a breakfast person but she can do the whole brunch stuff like like chicken and waffles like she's not an egg and grits type person so who has chicken and waffles the first thing I think of is Maple Street Biscuit Factory and uh, and it's affordable too you know some people chicken and waffles be $52 <laughs> So, um, so we uh, we picked up some and bought some home. Yep, 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 yep. Maple Street Biscuit Factory for the win mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day. And that pretty much sums up today's show, man. Unless you guys want to add out, add some more, or give some plugs or some shout outs, man. That's pretty much all I had on the agenda. Um. Oh, movies. I know we always jump into in and out of movies, but it just seems like the in the pandemic and being at home and the <laughs> influx of movies are still coming out, even if it's not going to be in theaters. Like, I can't even keep up. We've been throwing out so many movies that we want to see. The, the one right now that's the trendy one is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. I haven't even finished it. Um, but it's pretty much the biopic of Fred Hampton, who is the leader of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party. I was big on Fred Hampton thousands of years ago, like in mm-hmm. college, like freshman year. Um, I kind of thought he was in over his head because 21. he was 21. And I'm like, you don't even, <laughs> you don't know anything at 21. Like, as, as old folks say, you ain't, you ain't even pissing straight at 21, right? <laughs> like, you're not even old enough to rent a car yet. <laughs> He's still wet behind the ear. So, but it, to see in depth, like the inner workings and stuff, of course, I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, it's a, definitely a very, very good movie. This is one where if life was normal, you know, it'd be one of those Friday you go to the movie theater and all your cousins and them are lined up outside. Let me get two Judas and the Messiah. I miss like, it. it was one of those I miss type it. Fridays. I miss it so much. I miss it, Dre. Like, I, I've, yes. I've, I've fully adjusted yes. to the pandemic, but. I love large gatherings of people. I love going to the mall when it's packed. I love going to the movie theater when it's packed. I love sporting events when it's packed. Homecoming. Like, I I miss it so much. And I feel like it'll never be the same. (laughs) Because I think there's always going to be... I'm actually the exact opposite. I think some of it has to do with, like, I had anxiety when I was younger. But I hate (laughs) large gatherings. And I hate when too many black folk in, in the same area. <laughs> Don't trust none of these. But, uh, I, yeah, man, I gotta keep the keep the nine next to me. Oh, when man. Too many. I miss it so much. I miss when the world was just buck wild, and we were because ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, and the more you know, I think the more it ruins the experience and. I just I miss the functions of gatherings of people and I think we would never get back what we once lost and hopefully we will hopefully I'm wrong but I think that now that we know more about health and you can google anything I think it's going to prevent people from experiencing what like if, if you remember like college football games Alabama games on Saturday nights you're talking about a hundred thousand people in a circle and they all storm the field like I, I want to experience and see that again and I hope that it doesn't go away but we'll see we'll see 
Just go to just go to Ebor when the Super Bowl is in Tampa. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, that I hate that Florida that is being called the epicenter of the pandemic. <laughs> like it, it definitely doesn't yeah. sound good, but. We're, we're, Florida will always make the news about something on a national scale. So, what can you do? That that's that's yeah. the Florida mantra. That should be on all, the all city line when you cross cross the state line. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, mm-hmm. I did catch. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah. It was a powerful movie. I can't pronounce his last name, but Daniel, he can act his ass off. And I hate how he was getting so much negative um, publicity about him being from London and getting all these black roles. If you can act, you can act. Like the talent is there. His accent is believable. His delivery is impeccable. Right. Like the dude is on fire right now. And I. And, and it, it's not just him. It's a lot of them. I just saw a meme the other day where it was like, could you believe that all these uh, actors yeah. are British? And it's all these black actors Buddy that from all American that you never British. know. Like, uh, all American. I knew he was British. <laughs> he looked Jamaican. And Jamaican people be going to, they, they go to, they go to Brooklyn, they go to Canada, and they go to England. That's all. The, there's more Jamaicans in, in Canada than there are Jamaica. Him, um, of course, Idris Alba, um, mm-hmm. the dude from Twelve yeah. Years a Slave. They're all British, right? Um, and I, I feel like Idris Alba walked, crawled, so <laughs> these guys could walk, <laughs> like, because he he was the first one when I saw it was him that, <laughs> the little girl yep. movie. I think it was four girls. Yeah, the little girls. He legit sounds like he was from like New Jersey, and then and then yep. in the wire, I'm like, he's legit from Baltimore. There was no way you were gonna tell me that he was not from Baltimore, but like he started that. Mm-hmm. And he was in um, the Mandela movie too. Yeah, he was Mandela. He's had some good roles, and then there was the um, there was that Netflix movie that I think he got nominated, might even won the Golden Globe for. It was like. It was a movie in Africa, the diaspora, Civil War, Beasts of No Nation. That yeah, that Beast was, of no Nation, I think, supposedly it? like his best role. I think he got a Golden Globe or at least a nod for it. Um, but yeah, he's opened the door mm-hmm. for the whole black British actors. And they're killing these it. guys are just running through it. And I'm starting to see, see not just British, but these same young actors uh, that are finally taking that leap and we're you know, slowly closing the doors Denzel's, on the Danny Will Glovers the, and the, the, yep. the Denzel's, Will Smith. Yeah, and we're opening the door. The guy from um, Moonlight is in um, Judas and the, and the Messiah. He's also mm-hmm. in the Wu-Tang um, uh, uh, docuseries. Um, what was I watching the other day? Cutthroat City. Everybody in Cutthroat City, I'm like, I recognize this dude. Buddy from um, Wu-Tang. The cow... Yeah. Um, yeah, now I can't yep. remember. Oh, the guy from Dope, the main character from that movie, Dope. Mm-hmm. He's the main character in that. Um, there's mm-hmm. also, uh, I think his name is also Denzel as well. He was in The Great Debaters. He's in there too. And he was also on the couch with Macy Gray during training day. <laughs> he was a little boy on the couch. Uh, yeah, his first name, I think, is Denzel. Mm. But he's in that Le- movie too. Lakeith Stanfield, um, and I mean, I'm starting to notice all these. He's, he's yep, really Lakeith Stanfield. Yep. All these young 
black yep, uh, actors it. that are popping up in these these mainstream movies now that are going around the the, the circuit. So, what other movies? Because there's been a bunch of them we've been talking about. Um, One Night in, in Miami, the movie about um, Sylvie's uh, Love, Muhammad Ali, if you're Sam Cooke, Sylvie's like, Love, um, uh, Namdi Asimov. He's a few, former NFL player. Now he's an actor. He's married to Kerry Washington. Um, yeah, I thought he did Kurt a great job yeah. in that movie, and I love jazz. He's been waiting. For, he's been waiting for this for a year, man. I mean, for years. I feel like people used to say that you know he was with old girl because he was trying to get into Hollywood. Um, Kerry Washington, because they they popped up and had a kid, <laughs> and I feel like you don't ever see them together anymore. No, um, they have a really exactly good thing, same thing. Man. Like, yeah, I thought they was kids. divorced. Honestly, he's younger than her. But, like, from the reports and stuff that I read about him, like, they have a nice little one-two punch combo. But, again, it's a Hollywood marriage, so five years for them is a lifetime. So, we'll see. We'll see. Right. Yeah. Sylvie's love. American skin. Oh, my I God. Is, is oh mind-blowing. It, it's, um, it's another movie you should watch. Life in a Year with Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith. He killed it like that's on um amazon prime life in a year check that out but american skin oh my god powerful thought-provoking it gets you in your feels like we wanted to watch it but it's not on regular amazon (laughs) it's on super amazon prime like you got to pay extra for it but it may be it's worth definitely the, worth it sounds it, like it's definitely it's, worth it's the, the purchase movie. you're you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it for sure um but yeah man like hbo max they have this thing where if the movie is in the theaters is also going to be on hbo max um i haven't watched the one night in miami it's a lot of dialogue it's like two hours of dialogue and i guess the last 30 right. minutes it like it's a lot of action <laughs> yeah. so i gotta sit through that again mm-hmm. but um yeah right and see like my thing is like mm-hmm. Shelly Shelly's interested in the movies so I gotta, mm-hmm. gotta wait for her to be in movie mood and so like if I if I say at like mm-hmm. 7 30 o'clock let's watch yep. a movie yep that I might gotta be get some meals right. on Sunday, all my movie watching right I'll be doing on a week 2 30 3 o'clock mode if not she's not gonna watch a movie so you definitely got to be strategic because and that's the thing like Jamila is great at watching a movie with because she she's interactive Jamila gets in her feels she's happy when it's happy she's sad when it's sad like she jumps when there's like a a quick action shot like Jamila is like the best person in the world to watch a movie with you just got to get her in movie mode if not she's going to be strolling on her phone and I love you babe I know you don't listen to the show but just in case you listen to this part, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> There's also um, uh, uh, Malcolm and Marie. I with, haven't uh, watched Denzel that one Washington yet. Sun. Uh, I really enjoyed that. That one. one's on Netflix. That's really good. Um, I still haven't seen Just Mercy, which is on net. Um, it's on everything. Yeah, Amazon Prime. It's that's on HBO a good one. Max. One thing about Denzel Washington Sun, I'm probably gonna get killed for this and no no disrespect to Chadwick at all 
but when he passed away, he was the first person I thought of that can take his place as Black Panther. Yep. Oh, yep. Um, John David Lund. Yep. And I know there's been a lot of speculation on the sister getting more um, of the leading role, which is fine. But if they ever wanted to recast the Black Panther, John David Washington, he is hands down my number one pick if they recast him. The boy can act. Shout out, shout out to his father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, and I love, definitely I love a, the a plethora of movies out there roles to... these actors are getting like when we were growing up Denzel always played the love interest or the black good guy and then Wesley was always the action guy and Will Smith was always the love interest young guy and now these black actors they are playing so many diverse roles we've never seen and we're still fairly young like we're 34 mm-hmm. And this is like the first time Hollywood has allowed black leading men to be the same type of roles that the Tom Cruise or the Kevin Costners are getting. Like, and it's the same white guy, but they were playing so many different, like the bodyguard, the bodyguard. Like that movie is such a classic. And Kevin Costner was just the bodyguard. Like he wasn't a doctor. He wasn't. He was the bodyguard, and he got so much critical acclaim for that. But you would never see a brother get a role like the bodyguard. And if he was a bodyguard, it was protecting a mm-hmm. rapper or protecting a ball player. Like the roles that they're getting now, it's just so good to see them play so many diverse versions of the black experience. And Lakeith Sanfield is a good example of that. I, I feel like our first mm-hmm. time seeing him was on ATL. Yep. Or at like I said, ATL on Atlanta. And he was like Martin. the Cole, Cole yep. from um, from uh, Martin, like the goofy guy. But then he got that one movie with Tessa Thompson, and that was like a it was a weird mm-hmm. movie, but it was an interesting role. And then he was in he was in Get Out, and he was in um, he was in the movie with Adam Sandler mm-hmm. where he played like semi the villain, um, Uncut Gems. Yeah, so that was a whole different role for him being a villain. And now he's he was in, in Judas um, and the Messiah. NWA, and the Black Messiah. So, yeah. He played Snoop in that. Yep, he played Snoop. He was? That was him. That yep. was him who played Snoop? Wow. And yep. I, I remember... Yep. Yeah, that's what I like about him. Like, there's sometimes he, like, blends so well into a role you don't even realize. saying <laughs> Nipsey Hussle should have played Snoop. Nipsey would have been a way one. He already had the, the California swagger. He already had he already had braids at the time. He was already a crib. <laughs> he was rolling six. He's rolling sixties. Um, and crib was uh, crib. Uh, Snoopy's rolling twenties. He just changed the number. Yeah. Le- Lakeith has been in a so lot. Like he perfect. has a lot of acting chops. And I don't know if you guys have watched the photograph of Issa Rae, but Lakeith Lakeith is in that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we watched and, that and um, was, Valentine's Day like last year. That's what we watched. I think that was that, our last and he movie. Loved it. Like the roles that these brothers are getting, and like shout out to Michael B. Jordan. He's mm-hmm. getting like a, a John Clemsey show. I think I saw a preview for that. Um, but yeah, man, like the actors these days, the brothers are being seen as actors and not like black actors. Like n- no disrespect to Ice Cube, but you're not seeing all the black people being movies like that. There'll be a menace in South Central, Boys in the Hood, or 
house parties. Like these guys are getting leading roles that cross over to all demographics and they're not being labeled black films. Like these are good movies. I think that's some of that has to do with we have more of a story we have more of a story to tell now too because don't be a menace was needed because that was the black california life uh, boys in the hood in 1990 was 1990 uh a 22 year old african-american in compton like so those roles were what we were living but now in 2021 there's black lawyers you know there's a lot of black lawyers there are black cpas and there's just more stories to tell because we've i would like to believe we've advanced much more i mean we've already had a black president so i think i you know we're, we're still telling our story we just have a better story to tell that's a gem <laughs> write that down somewhere let me, let me copyright that but uh but and i, I mentioned this on a few episodes <laughs> ago where it was like like those 90s sitcoms you could tell by how they dressed that they were just this is just how we live like when you watch martin martin was just wearing a red shirt <laughs> with some jordans and green pants like Moisha. when you wore, when you go to the, the fresh Prince, the... he was just yeah yeah she was wearing tommy hilfiger shirt and some sketchers right like they, they were just themselves but that was a story and you related to it because you were probably wearing the same exact thing and then the early 2000s came and late 2000s where you started getting those shows where i feel like we weren't really relating to like because especially now with the reality show like they're fucking in their living room with Prada on and like and Prada and green hair and I'm like nobody <laughs> lives like that like I related to the Cosby's and even though my parents weren't doctors but Theo was struggling <laughs> with math like me right you know so like it was more relatable and it was more down to earth but that's the life we live now we live in a life where you say Alexa play a Michael Jackson song and there's just Michael Jackson songs playing in your house like we live in a way more advanced world with a different story to tell so I, I always notice that now like you ever notice in a movie I'm rambling right now but have you ever notice in movies where people have iPhones mm-hmm. I remember noticing that like like and now now you don't notice it because everyone has an iPhone or it's- an Apple <laughs> device or, or a smartphone but I remember noticing movies where they were you they were sending text messages and iphones i'm like this it's is relatable this is what this, we do in real life <laughs> i hate it when they started using phones as props in movies like right i know that's way off topic but like i love the classic feel of movies before the cell phone was invented like speaking of those movies i just mentioned mm-hmm. like the first friday and boys in the hood and one of my favorite movies of all time higher learning like to have dialogue and to create a scene without the prop of uh, let me text someone in the scene or let me call someone. It was you had to actually be in the right. room with the person <laughs> for the conversation to occur. So unless right. there's the a landline, but I feel mm-hmm. you, man. I feel you. I love I love movies, and I agree with you both. Like Vince, you mentioned, like the writers are also better, and and that's why I wanted to give a shout out to Issa Rae, like. She hustled her ass off to get where she's at right now. And if you watch some of her early work with the awkward black girl and some of the stuff she put on YouTube and to see Insecure to her to produce and direct and to write and to have her own studio, like she's popping. And I think she's hilarious. I think Insecure is one of the greatest shows ever written. That could be hyperbole. That could be me being a prisoner of the moment. 
but it's so relatable it's so on point it's so dope i love her concept i love the scene like i love everything about the show insecure i cackle like a child when i'm watching the show and I, I think she's just incredible. So shout out to Issa Rae <laughs> and Lakeith Stanfield, John David Washington, Daniel Kalululululu, no disrespect. I don't know how to say your last name. <laughs> Daniel Kal- <laughs> Daniel Kalula. <laughs> um, no disrespect, I promise. <laughs> he, know who, he know who the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, man, no. I, I love this moment for the young black actors um, getting dope roles. And it's more to come. Like, you still got Denzel coming out with movies. You still got Will Smith coming out with movies. Idris still coming out with movies. Like, Idris got two black westerns coming out. And I don't know if you guys saw the the westerns that Samuel Jackson made, um, Eight Crazy. What was it called? Uh, the Hateful Eight, dope movie. And then, and then Django, like that was a black western. And like, I'm not really one of my favorites. Deep into westerns, but those two set the tone for these two edges westerns that he mm-hmm. about to come out with. So I'm looking forward to that. So even the black veterans are still getting loved and playing roles you don't normally see. So, and then I think Jamie Foxx got some dope stuff coming out. So I, I think this is a good moment for all creators, all entertainers, all actors. And there's definitely roles that we've never seen before being played by some of the greatest people and actors in the history of cinema. So 2021 is going to be dope. And I, I can't wait because I, I love turning my brain off and watching TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with those uh, with those uh, westerns, hey, I think yep. Hateful Eight was the Samuel Jackson. Denzel did the, the um, that's a dope one too. Uh, Magnificent Seven, yeah, Magnificent. and then Django, and all those were around the same time. And then it got me interested in westerns, and I, and I see why it's it's a big genre, and people like will legit sit down and be like, I'm just in mood for a Western. I had never done that before. I even saw one of the a classics. It's called uh, mm-hmm. 310 to Yuma, I think it's called. Any of y'all saw that? I saw, not the original, not the original one, the one yep, with I that that one. Russell Crowe in there. They all look alike. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Heath Ledger is in somewhere around there. No, it's not Heath Ledger. What am I talking about? The guy, the ba- who's, who plays Batman? Christian Bale, same guy. This is, I'm terrible, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I even I even learned, you know, me with my uh, my Bible scripture of the day. Like I even learned a Bible scripture from watching that. What I did not know, the Bible literally said snitches get stitches. Uh, there was a line where um, where he was like, he was quoting the Bible. He was like, um, he who keepeth his tongue keepeth his life. And I looked it up, and I'm like, is that just some slick talk movie stuff? I'm like, no, that's legit in the Bible. Like, the Bible legit says, <laughs> uh, stop snitching, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, the writers make the scenes just as much as the actors deliver the lines. Like, there's a lot of dope writers out there, and there's another Western, um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, but it has Leonardo DiCaprio. He was young. I think it's called The Quick and The Fast or The, the Young and the Dead or something like that. But that's a really good Western. 
But my uncle, he got me into Western. Like he, if you ever go to his house in Pinona Sasser, I think he's about 93. His TV is always on Western. He's a huge John Wayne fan. And 